You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, July 17th. Unfortunately, Michael Carbajal will not be joining us this morning. Um, at the la- very last minute, we uh, received a text message that they were going to have to cancel uh, because he is actually having to go into court this morning. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of tea about this um, because I know you guys were really looking forward to hearing from Michael Carbajal this morning, and so were we. Uh, so anyway, a while ago, uh, he filed a lawsuit against some people in his family, and he actually won the case. And what had happened was they had taken his boxing gym from him, his property. Um, he has a gym in Phoenix called Carver Hall's Ninth Street Gym. And um, they found the case to be fraudulent. And, you know, I guess his brothers tried to take the gym for him, and they were, you know, trying to get revenge on him. And they took all of his stuff and the city took the gym and they shut it down. It was like this really big issue in Phoenix. Uh, But anyway, Michael Carbajal got justice. He's getting his gym back and he's actually due back in court this morning so that they can hammer out the rest of the details and everything else. So that is what's going on with Michael Carbajal, but we will try to reschedule him for you guys. Okay, moving forward, let me properly introduce my partner in crime, the creator and founder of BadCulture.net contributor for BlackSportsOnline.com, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? What's good, RB? Uh, no Michael Carbajal this morning, but trust, we are working diligently to get the legend back on with us in the future. It's great to be back with you guys for another week of Boxing Talk on the Clock. Unfortunately, no hot question this morning, but we do have a lot, a lot to talk about. We've got a great installment of Jake's Take. Jake is always great, so we'll get into that. But if you still want to interact with us on social media, make sure you do so by using the official show hashtag TMPS. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you thought about the weekend spice. Is Guerrero washed? What did you think about Birch Health? We want to hear all of that. So make sure when you tweet us, you use the official show hashtag TMPS. And right back all to right. you, Arby. All right. Uh, we do have some Know It or Blow It boxing trivia games today. And I know every week I say, you know, it's really not that hard, guys. But I know when the clicker goes on and you got 10 seconds on the clock, it can get, you know, pretty nerve-wracking. But anyway, we want to play Know It or Blow It. We have some free gifts to give away from forama.com. The number is 718-508-9852. Press 1. We really, really want a good player today because – the trivia game is actually pretty fun, and I think you'll have fun with it. And I think whoever calls in, if you just watch boxing, even if you're a casual, I think you can win today. So um, right. play some note or blow it with us. Anyway, big weekend, Jay. Let's go over the fights. There was a big weekend of fights, lots of boxing. But unfortunately, there's nothing really to brag about. You know, I watched ah. boxing Friday night. Saturday night, there was a lot going on. Um, but not a whole lot to brag about. So we could just recap, read through, and then we'll get to Jake's take. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right. Let's start in Long Island, New York. Uh, we had Adam Konaki knock out mm-hmm. Stoka, author Stoka, in four. Stoka wow. was rocked. 
okay? He was like target practice, Jay. He did not block one punch. Literally, his hands were down. Um, This guy, Konaki, new guy on the scene, heavyweight fighter, signed with Lou DiBella, very heavy-handed. I can't say that I saw, like, a lot of craftiness from him or, like, a lot of technical stuff, but, you know, he sure is powerful, and he bulldozed through Spilka. Um, Deontay Wilder had a much more harder time with Spilka. Wow, that's very telling. I did see some tweets come across my timeline while I was en route, and I thought, wow, he got knocked out. Good for good for good for the winner. Bad for uh, anybody in the future who's coming up against this guy. He's got those heavy hands. So, congratulations, Lou. Right, right. He jumped in the ring. He was mad happy. Uh, so the co-feature in Long Island on this card was Marcus Brown versus Shawnee Monahan. Okay, Jay, me and Jay, I know we're still upset that Shawnee Monahan didn't fight Joe Smith, and they both ended right. up losing this weekend, which sucks because it would have been so much better if they just would have fought each other. But Marcus Brown, let's not take away any credit. He scored a very dominant second-round stoppage of the previously undefeated Shawnee Monahan. As you know, Shawnee Monahan used to be signed with top rank. Left top rank, right. signed with Lou DiBella, was promised to fight with Adonis Stevenson. That didn't happen. And this really sucks because he had to fight Marcus Brown, which wasn't as big as a payday. And he lost. You know, it, it, it kind of sucks. Mar- uh, Shawnee was down in round one. I think his inactivity played a big factor. I think Marcus Brown is just a better fighter than him as well. So I'm not going to take that away from him. Uh, but it right. was it was pretty bad. It was it was a second round stoppage and Shawnee said, Hey, I've kicked a lot of ass in my time and I got my ass kicked tonight. He was very real about it. Yeah. I, that fight I did see before I stepped out and, and Brown just came out like a bulldozer. He had no chill in him. He just came forward, kept whopping and whopping and whopping away and had Monahan on retreat. I saw Marcus Brown fighting off the ropes a little bit that I, that part I didn't particularly care for. I think he's more effective when he's in the middle of the ring but it was a dominant victory against a guy who he spent a lot of time sparring. When I had a chance to interview him for BSO, he said he he knew what Monahan did well and he knew what he didn't do well. So he his whole focus during camp was to neutralize what he did well and that he would spend his time just battering him away. So kudos to him. Looks like the game plan worked. And is he going to get a fight with Adonis Stevenson? I'm not going to hold my breath. Well, that's definitely who he was calling out next, and he wants his shot. Um, and if you were on Twitter, you saw guys like Earl Spence and other fighters in the game that were saying, give him his shot. Let him fight right. for a strap. Like, it's time. So all his homeboys and I think everybody else, you know, thinks that it's time for Marcus to, to get that opportunity. So all the best to him. Main event okay. was Omar Figueroa. He stopped Robert Guerrero in three rounds. These Two guys, they fought at 147. They were welterweights. They were the two flabbiest welterweights that I had seen on TV in a really, really long time. Um, Anyway, there was a lot of ring rust um, in Omar Figueroa for sure. He had a 19-month layoff. Robert Guerrero, it, it was tough to watch. He's a true warrior but he was a ghost of himself. Jay, he was like oh. the shell of the ghost. He was dropped five times. He had zero wow. resistance. It was so brutal. And I just think that the wars over the years 
have finally added up. Like you can only right. take so many wars, you know, before right. you start to deteriorate. And I think that's what happened. And I wish that they would have saved him earlier. I could not believe that his dad let him go back in after the third round. Like I was like, okay, he's done. That's it. Like, you know, and his dad let him go back in. The ref, you know, was just insane for letting it go on as long as it did. Um, but Guerrero has had a really, really good career, and he has yeah, made yeah. really great money. I don't know if people are even aware of the type of money that Robert Guerrero, Guerrero has made, but after he fought Floyd, he had certain minimums in his contract with Heyman. So whether he was fighting, like, a Birdo or, like, a bum, like, or, like, the guy Peralta, the cab driver from Mexico – he was making crazy money the past two years. Ever Dang. since he fought Floyd, his minimums were crazy high. So, Jay, he's had this—he's had a good career. He's made really great money. He's dealt with a lot throughout the years. His wife had cancer. She battled it. She survived. He was grinding. He was still fighting for his family. Is there any need to go on? There is no need to go on. And I've always questioned, like, well, you've mentioned that he had guarantees in his contract after the fight against Floyd, but it just astounds me that Guerrero kept getting these headline fights after headline fights, and somebody like Sean Porter can't get a fight. Guerrero's been looking washed for at least a couple fights, and but he still gets that top billing, and I dare to say he'll probably get another fight after this. It'll probably be against a much lighter touch. The fact that he got knocked out by Omar Brittlehands Figueroa is incredible to me. Absolutely incredible after being out of the ring for so long. But Robert Guerrero, he makes for a good fight, so that's why they throw him in there. But, man, it's time to give somebody else a shot. We want to see some other people fight. There's so much emphasis placed on entertainment, entertaining fighters. Entertaining to me is not watching a guy get mollywopped all night, knocked on the canvas just because he can take a punch. That's not entertainment to me either. So there's got to be mm-hmm. some kind of happy medium. I, I think... Guerrero is, is done and like I said he's done really good for himself and he's made a really nice amount of money I don't think he needs to take any more punishment but you know it's hard for fighters to walk away but I remember prior to the fight happening they kept on gloating about how in shape he is and how ready he was and he had such a great mm-hmm. camp and if all that is true and that is how he looked on Saturday night then yeah it's time to walk away because if you had a phenomenal camp and you were in shape, and you were doing great in camp, and you got washed like that on by wow. Omar Figueroa, then, you know, you're, you're probably just deteriorating. And, and I really hate to talk that way about fighters because, like, I advocate for fighters a lot. But, you know, maybe right. it's time for him to just enjoy the rest of his life. Yeah, maybe go. He does a lot of philanthropic efforts, and he helps out with a lot of different charities and it might be time to shift more into that part of his career. Nice guy, but the ring is starting to retire him. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we go and move over and shift from the East Coast to the West Coast, and we will go over to Inglewood, California. Inglewood. For the HBO card. Yes, that big triple header Saturday night. Once again, lots of fights, lots to talk about. But there's not a lot to brag about, you know, and I don't know if maybe all of our expectations were just too high. Um, but anyway, the telecast opened up with Sullivan Barrera, got off the deck to take home the WBC Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Championship. 
Um, the fight went the distance with Joe Smith. Uh, come to find out yesterday that Joe Smith actually broke his jaw in the first wow. round. Jay, this boy did not complain. He did not quit. You would not have known that he fought nine rounds with a broken jaw. Now, let's talk about this fight being a 10-rounder. Nobody really knows yet why at the last minute this fight went from 12 rounds to 10 rounds. The ref, Jack Reese, said, you know, last round, and everybody was confused. Wait, what do you mean? This is a 12-rounder. Well, everybody knew except for the HBO crew and everyone else that the fight was changed. Um, oh. Poor Joe Smith. I mean, it, he, it, was, oh. it, was, it was tough. But you know what? Again, let's not take away from Sullivan Barrera. He worked the body well. His right hands were landing. He was completely dominant. He was dropped in the first round. He dug it out, got back up, and he got the decision. He looked good. Good for him. He's been wanting his opportunity. He got derailed a little bit when he fought against Andre Ward and when he fought in some other battles. So good for him. He kept plugging away, and now he's getting his just due. Joe Smith Jr. fighting with a broken jaw. The irony that these two guys fought on the, um, on the same weekend, we wanted that to see Joe Smith Jr. versus Shawnee Monaghan during the Irish Pride weekend in New York when yeah. uh, Conlon fought. And so here they are, different cards, different results. They both lost. They should have just fought each other. They would have made a whole lot more money probably, but I don't know. Let me yeah. stop counting people's and, money. And you know what? And whoever would have lost would have lived to see another day because at that point That's it right. was just, you know, it was about them fighting each other and what it meant and the representation. And, and this is kind of going to be a little setback for Joe, but I'm sure that there's going to be some other light, other light heavyweights out there that are salivating to get their hands on him because now it's like, wait a minute, was he just a fluke? Like, did he just right. knock out Funfera? You know, how did he beat Bernard Hopkins? And, you know, maybe this is a fluke. You know, they Sullivan Barrera kind of made him look very ordinary very regular uh so i'm sure that there's some guys out there that are going to be salivating to get their hands on joe smith amen for sure uh, yeah so the co-feature i'll be honest with you um i didn't really watch you know all 10 rounds um as well as i wanted to but it was a very technically awkward fun fight uh castellano versus corrales castellano's got two knockdown knockouts in the fourth Corrales got one in the seventh. The fight was stopped on cuts in the tenth, and Corrales won by majority decision. I see some people out there um, saying that a rematch would be warranted. I think our buddy Adam Abramowitz had mentioned that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really think I need to see that fight again. Um, I think Corrales won. Move on. There's some other good fights for him out there. In the main event, yeah. We had, well, Jay, you didn't watch the Castellanos Corrales fight, did you? You weren't home just yet. No, I wasn't. I saw okay, my I Twitter going wild. Something with scoring or something wasn't quite adding all up. So I'm going to rely on everybody else. Sorry, you guys. Jay, I'm out in these streets. All right, let's wrap up the main event. And then we got to bring Jake on, Jake Donovan, for Jake's take. Want to make sure that we could squeeze him in. Uh, Pepsi is calling on him. So in the main event, we have uh, Miguel Bechlet. He won a wide unanimous decision over Mura. And um, virtually, he looked good. He looked really smart. He had a smart game plan. He executed it. Um, so good for him. I would love to see Miguel Bechlet versus, like, Tank Davis. 
you know, that I think would mm. be a really good fight for Tank in the future. Um, and then one last note, Chris Ubank Jr. punched his ticket into the World Boxing Super Series with a dominant victory over Arthur Abraham. Uh, so I also, before we bring on Jake's take, I want to wish his daughter a very, very happy 18th birthday. Happy birthday, Jada. Uh, let's bring on Jake for Jake's take. Let's do it. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. Jake. <laughs> Hi, Jake. 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 This is Jada. Hi, Jada. Happy birthday. Jake's daughter. <laughs> Jada. <laughs> Jada with the cameo appearance. <laughs> good morning, Jake. How are you? Good, good morning, RB and Jay. Doing lovely from Donnie and Flora right now. They're getting ready to visit oh, the beach oh, right after right. this. Family vacation. You know what? You are, I, I forgot, you were on vacation and you still wanted to do Jake's take with us this morning because you were just so Yay. dedicated. That's how we love That's you right. so much. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's get you going and let's get you back on the beach. Let's start yep. with the big Mayweather-McGregor press tour that happened last week. You see a lot of people feeling a lot of different ways about it. Um, and, you know, there was some good. There was some ugly. You know, obviously this is going to be a major event. It's a major money grab. What is What was your take on the McGregor Mayweather press tour last week. All right, I'm going to try to limit this to as much good as possible. Obviously, the whole thing was just a ridiculous circus. I mean, if people are into that type of TMZ fanfare, God bless them, then they were entertained. I, I'm not even going to touch any of that. I, I was personally disgusted by it, but I'm not going to be the one that I'm not the one they're targeting for this event. They're already talking about when this fight was signed. That they were talking about this fight was probably going to generate somewhere in the neighborhood of three million pay-per-view buys. What that means for boxing is that there's going to be about $25 million for Showtime to get its hands on to put towards its fourth quarter budget. Now they're talking about this fight is going to actually surpass Mayweather Pacquiao, the fight that we've all been saying will never be surpassed in our lifetime. Now here it is Mm -hmm. two years later. We're talking about this Mm. is going to be a record-breaking event that's going to pull in a 5 million pay-per-view buys. If that's the case, Showtime is now going to have its hands on about $40 million to add to its fourth quarter budget. Showtime has wow. already been kicking butt this year with its, uh, with its, con- with its boxing content. I mean, they, they are the network of the year, right? I mean, hands down. You know, you could say Sky Sports is, but they're putting on way too many pay-per-views for, for them to be in the running against Showtime, who this is the only pay-per-view they're putting on. And it's a fight that belongs on pay-per-view because it shouldn't be on Showtime. It's a circus. But what this means is any fights that we want to see made in the fourth quarter, you can, accept, you can expect to see them on Showtime. Maybe they invest a little more heavily than they wanted to in the World Boxing Super Series. Maybe we get more fights than we expected on Showtime. And all these dream matchups in PBC that just aren't happening on Fox and FS1 and Bounce or whatever networks they have less. Now we're going to see them on Showtime. So that's the good that's going to come from this August 26th event. Also, we're going to see, we mentioned this before, Javante Davis is going to make a second title defense, his third fight of 2017. This is what you want to see in a young kid. You want to see him active. We keep complaining about fighters being put on the pine. Javante is now going to get it to defend his title on the most watched card of 2017. That's mm-hmm. very good for boxing. Incredible. But Jack is going to be uh, in a major light heavyweight fight. They're talking about it's going to be against Nathan Cleverly. That's a very good fight for this card. Um, there's rumors of Jamel Herring fighting with Darius Miller as the either the opening bout of the, the pay-per-view telecast or on um, they're going to have, I believe, preliminary bouts on Fox leading into the card. If he's not on that, then he's going to be on the FS1 card earlier in the week 
leading into the event. So there's going to be a lot of good that's going to be for boxing. Boxing is going to be on full display this week. It's not just this big money grab, you know, kind of like Mayweather Pacquiao, where it was just the fight was made and then nothing was done until about a week before the fight. Nobody knew where they were sitting and the credentials were a mess, the tickets were a mess. And there was really nothing about the undercard that was appealing to the boxing fan. And that's why they say, you know, as far as, you know, bringing mainstream in, they were like, okay, this is all we got. You know, maybe the, the fight sucked. You know, Pacquiao's complaining about a shoulder. You know, rumors of, you know, Floyd violating uh, drug testing standards. And it kind of, you know, it's taken two years to really recover from, you know, just how badly that fight was promoted. I mean, they just, they put it on cruise control because they knew how many people were going to buy it. It didn't need to be promoted. This one, it seems like they're trying to at least put their best foot forward beyond the main event. So boxing is really going to benefit, you know, whereas, like, it was just kind of left in the dark after, you know, May 2015. Boxing is really going to have a chance to put its best foot forward after this event. So I don't think, you know, the aftermath, it's not going to kill off the sport. The sport is actually going to thrive, at least for the rest of what's already been a very solid 2017. That that is a really good way to look at it. So somebody does need to grab it. And right. run with it after this big show. Like you said, after Mayweather Pacquiao, everyone just was just so disappointed and underwhelmed yep. that the lights did go dark. The lights yes. got dark. The lights need to stay on. And, <laughs> you know, the promoters need to kind of run with this afterwards. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, regarding the press tour itself, the press conferences, I mean, I kind of thought it was going to be a little over the top, but it did get a little ratchet for my liking. I mean, I'm okay with trash talking. I'm okay with all that. Like, it's boxing. This isn't tennis. It's not golf. Right. But then it just got to the point where it was, like, way too much. Like, the cursing and the bitches and the calling them gay slurs. And it was like, yeah. oh, man, it's on this huge stage, and it's such a huge event. And it just got a little tasteless for me. And again, I'm okay with the trash talk, and we know that's how Philly gets down. But it was like, damn, there's a lot of kids there too. Like your own kids are on stage, homeboy. Like, and yeah. I know that they're used to it too by now. But it got to be too much, and it got to be a little too ratchet, and it did start to feel a little too WWE. But mm-hmm. hey, they, they're going to sell the fight, and it'll sell really well. And everyone's going to make a whole lot of money. Now, with that being said, how did the press tour affect other shows that were going on, if it did at all? Lou DiBella put something out there and said, you know, that the press tour did affect his show in Long Island and and other boxing shows. Um, I'm going to say this. I kind of get Lou's point. The problem is Lou was also on record saying how much, you know, he thinks the show is great for boxing. He was telling other promoters. You know, to, to you know, shut the f up with, uh, you know, their negative comments towards it. I, I, like I said, I get both sides of his points, but he can't make both statements on record. You know, if he's going to complain that this show is affecting, you know, his, his own PBC event, then he has to be the one to speak out against the way PBC is being handled. And here's my problem with a press right. tour like this. You know, when we watched Saturday's show on Fox, they were promoting the hell out of Showtime pay per view, regardless, of, you know, whatever their take is on the fight itself. A, you know, a, a program on Showtime, which is, you know, under the CBS umbrella, is being advertised on Fox. You're never going to see that anywhere else. So why wasn't the Fox show mentioned at all during the press tour? This is what I never exactly. understood in the two and a half years of existence with PBC. It's like, it's just everything is just thrown in there. But like, you know, Mayweather, I mean, we get it. He's not a PBC fighter. They try to explain that. You know, even his fighters aren't signed to PBC. They're just kind of attached to it. They're like distant cousins. But this is still a chance for Floyd, you know, instead of saying, please don't stream my event, you know, you must buy it. You know, that's, you know, how about promoting all the guys that, you know, your fighters need to survive on the PBC circuit. So why not say, hey, by right. the way, there's a you know, major show on Long Island on Saturday. Make sure you go check it out. 
you, you know, all eyes were on this tour. I mean, the, the YouTube hits were ridiculous. I, I want to say there were like record-breaking views on YouTube, you know, just from the first stop alone, never mind by the time it got to London. So this is a chance to say, you know, hey, this is all the stuff we have on PBC. There's a PBC card tomorrow night. People probably don't even know who's in the main event. You know, for the record, it's Miguel Flores and Chris Avalos. But it's, it's just flown so far under the radar, <laughs> radar right now. I mean, the, yeah. the coast, it's, it's just baffling. So this is where, you know, guys like Lou DiBello, uh, Leon Margulies, uh, you know, Marshall Kaufman, all these promoters, you know, Tom Brown, all these promoters who, you know, are on board with PBC and they want to do the right thing. They, they kind of need to go a little bit public. And maybe there's no forcing out hands, but you can't sit there and just be a yes man in public while bitching behind closed doors and go off the record. You know, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. You can't say, well, now my show is suffering. It's like, well, you should have said that way back in May when the show really wasn't even being promoted. You know, you knew this was coming, and then you're saying you're on board, you know, saying this is good for boxing, but then you can't bitch when all of a sudden it's it's coming at your expense. So it's either good for boxing exactly. or it's not good for boxing. At least include a one-line dissertation yeah. about the just one line around when you're waiting for everybody to come right. out and they're hyping it all up and they've got yeah. OT Genesis or whomever performing <laughs> or great yeah. you know say hey we've got a couple fights coming up the whole thing was a whole cluster I didn't like yeah. it on either side I didn't like Floyd with the slurs I didn't like McGregor with the dancing monkeys these people no. need to learn how to trash talk. When you have to resort to sexism, <laughs> race, or anything to trash talk to each other, you're just lazy and you have no vocabulary. People trash talk all day, every day when they yeah. fought fights without taking it there. It's just lazy. It's like a comedian whose whole shtick is something about their race. Lazy, lazy yep. trash talk like a lazy, lazy fight this is going to be. I, I agree. And I even said it like watching the – the only part I wanted to watch was the first one because everyone kept saying, you know, the best part of that, about this um, event is going to be, you know, the, the press conference, which I, I kind of agree because I don't think the fight is going to be remotely competitive. And that's, you know, not exactly breaking news. But even in the first event, you know, it just – as it was getting winding down, like you're into hour two of it, it just – I'm like this has already devolved into like a bad stand-up. And then we had three more right. days of it. You know, then it got, right. you know, Toronto, where, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, Connor won that big for, I guess, those who feel they need to score press conferences. By the, time, by the time it hit New York, I mean, it was just, it was disastrous. And they still had like another day to go. But going back to my right. point, when they were in New York, they, you know, at Barclays Center, you know, an hour long on Long Island Railroad was this fight, you know, in Long Island that's happening that Saturday. That was the perfect opportunity to mention PBC on Fox coming two days later. You know, just yeah. throw it in there instead of, you know, all the junk that they have to stay on stage. The whole racism part, too, that just that, that doesn't sit well with me at all. I mean, people are just, you know, they've kind of mentioned what Conor McGregor was saying, but it's just they're being way too forgiving. And this is a problem with boxing. They just they don't have standards. You know, mm-hmm. if this stuff is said in the NFL, there wouldn't be a fight because these guys would be suspended. But, exactly. you know, but unfortunately, that's boxing. So that's, that's the part we still yeah. need to move past. Well, and like you said, we could definitely pull a lot of positive from it, too. And we like yeah. to be just really fair. We like to talk about the positive, um, you know, and some of the negatives, the good and the ugly. Um, again, I think it's going to be a great card for Floyd's fighters, like the Badu Jacks yeah. and the Javonta Davises and those type of guys. So, uh, anyway, Absolutely. it did what it was supposed to do. It created a lot of attention. They were, like, on <laughs> every single website. When I logged on yeah. Instagram, all I saw was, was Floyd McGregor. When I logged on Facebook, it's all I saw on Twitter. So it did what it was definitely supposed to do. Another positive, um, and I got to throw it out there because it's our homeboy and our good friend, Ray Flores. You know, mm-hmm. he got the job to host the press tour, and he did a phenomenal job. He's our friend here on the show. And, you know, he deserved that recognition and that stage, and he actually handled it really well. Could you imagine hosting that press conference? <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I, I've always said this. Yeah, I've always said this about Ray. I mean, Ray has been one of the hardest workers in the sport, and, and that's one thing I'm grateful about PBC. Aside from you know, even my own, you know, being able to do research for some of these shows, is a guy like Ray who's busted his butt but has been stuck to like you know non televised, you know, role of uh, ring announcer. Now he's literally become the voice of PBC. So you know, massive shout out to Ray. I mean, for and he was a consummate professional throughout the tour. That needs to be said. It's not like mm-hmm. he was engaging the trash talk. He was honored mm-hmm. to be a part of it. He's part of you know what's going to be the biggest event in boxing history and ray handled it 100 percent class massive shout out to ray can never say enough about my man ray yeah good on well, look, good on. yeah one one last topic that i want to um talk to you about jake yep. is todd DeBuff. he actually mm. was on a podcast with chris mannix mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. chris mannix on boxing and um todd DeBuff is the president at top rank and he actually it was a really really good interview and he really talked about top rank future and what they're yeah. doing on ESPN and you know he really talked about the difference um, with going to an ESPN rather than staying on HBO so I kind of wanted to share some of the highlights that I took from this and mm-hmm. then I also want to get your take on it um, you know Todd DeBuff he did talk about how Showtime and HBO, their entertainment platforms, they have shows like Ray Donovan and Game of Thrones, and they're not a boxing network. They're not a boxing channel. Um, and he really feels like boxing needs to get to the highest level on a mainstream level, and it wasn't going to happen on, like, just HBO. Right. So when you think of sports, your average normal person is going to turn on ESPN. You know, your casual sports fan is watching SportsCenter, right? They're not going to HBO to find sport news, right? So he had to, like, really reposition themselves and, like, where the sport is and where are the fish, you know, where are the people that, that he wants to watch their fights. And he felt like they were missing out on so many people and that the general awareness of boxing is just really weak. Not a lot of fighters are known. So even though we know Gennady Golovkin and we know Kovalev and we know these guys because of HBO, your normal general person has probably never heard of those guys. And I agree with him, you know. And so top rank, they want the football fans. They want the basketball fans. They want the baseball fans. They want the, the people who watch you know, regular sports to watch boxing and know their fighters. So top rank feels like they were singing to the wrong audience on HBO. They were very envious watching other sports, you know, on ESPN. They college, they cover college basketball and college games in the draft, but they don't cover boxing, right? right? Correct. So that's, that's where you really felt like they had to align themselves. And it was, it was a really, really smart interview, the way he explained it. And, again, about keeping the lights on, you know, not just when it's a big fight, but when, you know, a prospect is fighting, you know, making it big, make, you know, keeping the lights on. Um, he did mention that he would never do a time buy, that that was just never going to happen, that that's not how the deal with ESPN is structured. Um, they're in the boxing business. They had a different model from HBO. That is what I took from it. Jake. I know you listened to it and you had your mm-hmm. kind of point of view and, and how'd you feel about that? And then we'll uh, yeah, I thought, I, I'm going to say, I mean, even going to Chris Mannix, I mean, who's, you know, he respects his role as one of the more recognizable, 
you know, journalists in the sport. He did a fan. This is some of his best work because Todd DeBuff offered, he actually offered a lot of open-ended answers and Tris did his best to try to, you know, close the gaps on some of those. Like we still don't know where the money is coming from, but maybe we shouldn't care because just hearing this 45 minute interview, we actually have a clear vision of what top rank expects for the future. And this isn't just boxing on ESPN. They're recognizing the fact that this is a cord cutting generation. You know, boxing mm-hmm. cannot survive on cable. They, you know, they, they're envisioning the future where, you know, boxing fans are going to be able to legally stream, you know, boxing, um, the sport in the future. And that's the direction top rank is heading. That's what I got out of the interview. In the meantime, you know, instead of pigeonholing the sport to, you know, an audience where maybe we're going to get 1 to 1.2 million viewers on a good night, you know, you're right. Now they're putting on the, the largest sports platform there is, which is ESPN. And the thing, like, even looking at Pacquiao Horn, I mean, th- that was a true fight week. The sport was covered from beginning to end. I mean, all the way through fight week. I mean, that's all you heard about was this event on ESPN. And that's how it got to 3.1 million viewers on fight night, which is that that's a massive number for boxing on ESPN. I mean, I think it was the biggest number in over 20 years. And the good news is top rank isn't done. They're even saying, don't judge us after, you know, once we're done with Terrence Coffin and and Julius Ndongo, that's not where, oh, you know, where is this going to head in the future? This is a long-term plan by top rank. So everyone keeps saying, oh, it's just, you know, the kind of, fill in the gap until HBO is ready to get back to the sports. No, Top Rank is looking at the future. They want, well, they want their big stars to be superstars. They're, they're tired of the boxing superstar term. They want Terrence Crawford to be a household name. They want Vasily Lomachenko to be a household name. Oscar Valdez, Gilberto Ramirez, Tim Bradley when he comes back. You know, these guys have just been, you know, limited to the boxing, you know, star status, not even superstars. Some of these guys are just, you know, well-known in boxing circles. These guys need to be mainstream superstars. This is the platform, and that's, you know, Todd DeBuff, he, he I, I thought he nailed it, you know, in his entire interview. He, this is, um, we're talking about Bob Arum, who's the oldest promoter in the game, but yet he's right. the one that's actually thinking about the future. Everyone else is just so stuck, and this is how boxing's always been done, and this is the way it, is, uh, it needs to be. That's the worst thing you could say about something. Oh, well, it's tradition. It's how it has to be done. That, that's how you just set yourself up for failure. These guys are clearly looking at it a long time, and this is, I hate to put it this way, but it's going <laughs> to, if their vision works, it's going to last a lot longer than Bob Arum, unfortunately. I mean, he, you know, he's not going to live to see how successful this is going to be. But he's putting his company in good hands with Todd DeBoff. That's, you know, boxing fans should feel very positive about what's going to come with his top rank on ESPN series. And for those who still think it's a time buy, I mean, ESPN does not invest that much time into something that someone else is paying for. I mean, top rank is not paying for a full week of uh, fight week coverage. So that's, again, we can't express enough. That's the major difference between what PBC has done. PBC's time by has been limited to the two hours or three hours that they're on there. ESPN's investment may not be financial, but it's going to be, you know, we're going to use our large platform and we're going to promote the hell out of your event. That's why Top Rank went this route. What I appreciated, I went back and I listened to the podcast interview as well. What I really appreciated with Todd DeBuff was saying when he talked about keeping the lights on and how other sports, as soon as their season ended, they're – immediately jump into additional programming to kind of gauge the audience's participation all year long and not just during the season. And I have found that in our younger generation of quote-unquote media and journalists and bloggers and all of those people who (laughs) kind of are the subset of boxing coverage, as sometimes they're referred to, these are the people who are keeping the lights on. So it looks like they have that commitment to engage this younger audience. He spoke a lot about demographics and how excited they were to capture this 18 to 49 demographic. But at the same time, I like that it appears that they're heading in the direction where they are going to embrace these younger 
younger bloggers and vloggers <laughs> or even people like Christina Ponchero have more opportunities to do the things like the camp life that she did with Terrence yep. Crawford. She's going to do something with Vasily Lomachenko to keep those lights on. I would love to, I'm very anxious to see what additional ideas they have in mind to keep that light on as he kept referring to. So that was very, yeah. very compelling for me during the interview. And also what I would have liked for him to talk about is what they learned from when they had that brief run that they did on True TV when they were doing the cars <clears throat> on on Fridays, what they learned from that experience and what went wrong with that and what knowledge from that. Jumping to ESPN seems like the natural move, but I'd be I'd really be interested in knowing what they learned from that and why it fell apart and why it wasn't exactly the right fit for them. Well, I think Todd kind of did touch on that because I, I remember when I personally spoke to Todd um, early last year when I was asking about, you know, if, true, if the True TV series was coming back, he never gave me an answer, but obviously the, the answer was no. But he was saying how successful it was on a network that, n- never mind boxing, it, True TV wasn't even about sports with the uh, small exception of whatever spillover coverage was provided for the NCAA, you know, March Madness tournament. I mean, that was just a true entertainment network. You know, there was, you know, no baseball, no football, no anything. So, you know, they, they were able to, you know, to measure success on that. But they said it was tough to gauge because they had nothing to compare it to. And unfortunately, right. they didn't even get a season two out of it just because, you know, True TV falls under the Time Warner umbrella. And, you know, their, mm-hmm. their budget, as we all well know, is just not committed to boxing as it once was. Right. So I, I think Todd, you know, did kind of touch on that where they got tired of exploring these entertainment channels that, you know, are going to give boxing you know, with small window of opportunity. So that's kind of why it went to ESPN. But another example of top rank keeping the lights on, we're getting three major, you know, stars in Manny Pacquiao, Vasily Lomachenko, and Terrence Crawford, the latter in the most significant fight of the summer, in my opinion. Um, and this is coming in the summer when boxing is usually considered, you know, a dead period. You know, they go, oh, you know, boxing in the summer, we, would, we don't expect it. And that, again, speaks to the tradition of the sport where, you know, we don't need to see boxing in July and August. We'll ramp up back in September. Here is top rank coming along they're debuting their product in a season when no one else is even thinking to put on fights. So, you know, we're, we're finally getting, you know, boxing has finally become a year long season. You know, we got uh, a major fight on Showtime on July 29th, and then we got the pay-per-view in August, but there's really not a lot from, from Showtime. Same with HBO. They had their card last weekend. The next one is August 26th. We got Mm -hmm. three shows on ESPN in a six week span. So that's, you know, another great example of keeping the lights on. It's not just filler time either. It's three of their biggest stars on this table, including Terrence Crawford, who after he wins this fight against Julius Ndongo, and yes, that's my prediction, he's putting his stamp as possibly the very, very best in the sport today. You had Manny Pacquiao, who was, you know, the the pound for pound king, you know, for a very long time, or at least, you know, number two right behind Floyd. Now you got Vasily Lomachenko, who everyone is saying is the most talented in sport today. And right behind him is Terrence Crawford. That's a nice little, you know, pound-for-pound rivalry right there. That's top rank absolutely putting its best foot forward with this series. And that's how you keep the lights on. You don't just throw content in there just for the sake of, you know, giving guys fights just because you own a fight or two. Exactly. Well, well, here's hoping that along with this relationship with ESPN that boxing moves back to the main page and it's not hidden yes. under other sports. <laughs> Well, well, Jakey, it has been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy your vacation. I hear you making gin and tonics in the background back there. So once again, for the people in the back of the room, remind them where they can find all of your prolific offerings on the sport and uh, your Twitter handle. Absolutely. Yeah, check me out on FightNights.com as always. And then on Twitter, it's simply at Jake in the Box. All right. Well, you have a great time on vacation. Turn up for us, and uh, we'll see you when you get back. (laughs) Oh, we'll be turned for sure. Thank you so much, Arby and Jay. Always a pleasure. 
Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free, no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. It's a night of boxing royalty you won't want to miss. This is James Smith from In This Corner TV. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame will be holding its fifth annual induction ceremony on August the 12th in the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas. Many of the legends of the sport, past and present, will be on hand for this charity event, and you will want to be right there with them. For more information about this amazing event, please go to nvbhof.com. Tickets are on sale now. And we are back. Thank you once again, Jake Donovan, for another great installment of Jake's Take. Let me run through, in case you missed it, topics real, real fast. In case you missed it, Robert Haney and De- Robert Easter and Devin Haney have been exchanging verbal jabs on Instagram, Instagram Live. According to Easter, Haney's been trolling him for a while. Haney says he needs a new publicist because he's more famous than the champ. Uh, about billions handle jumped in there and said it's about the bag it's not about the publicist so who got a bigger bag so if you want a little entertainment follow those two on instagram you can watch the the young guys duke it out also and in case you missed the topics there was a story that floated around it started with a sports illustrated article where freddie roach said that manny hadn't paid him after the fight down in brisbane on July 10th, but since that story first came online, I believe it was Steve Kim, he reached out and got some information, and Freddie has now been paid, and he wasn't sure why he went to Sports Illustrated, but he did, so he was feeling some kind of way. Man, I'm sorry, I'm glad everybody got paid. Oh per God. the LA Times, Lance Pugmire, British fight promoter Eddie Hearn, has inquired about the process of gaining a promoter's license in Nevada Amid speculation, he'll bring the Anthony Joshua-Vladimir Klitschko rematch to the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Rumor has it it's believed Hearn is eyeing a November 11th fight date for what would be Joshua's anticipated U.S. debut. RB and I are currently making um, our uh, inquiry into rooms because we going. <laughs> I, if they even try to put that in Vegas, we, we out here. We yeah. out here. Yeah. We'll be sending out the GoFundMe information soon. Remember last week I uh, mentioned to you guys that Ann Wolf was in talks to bring her story to the screen. Well, it looks like mm-hmm. she's getting closer to a deal. By the way, Ooh. follow Ann Wolf on Facebook. Ann Wolf is yes. off the chain on Facebook. She says that it's now down to stars and TNT. It's a, she said it's about to be on and popping. We're getting real close to a deal. I got a call. More likely I'll know next week, which will be this week. So when you tune in next week, we'll know about this week. So make sure you keep listening. Uh, One quick story from the Mayweather-McGregor story. Showtime responded to the claims that they cut off uh, McGregor's mic to prevent him from talking about Floyd's domestic violence, domestic Mm. abuse past. They are denying that the mic was cut. Of course they are. So we'll never know. It didn't get said, but they said plenty over the course of the next several dates. So I think he can be cool on that. Also, Adrian Broner, because he's very serious this time for the fight against Mikey Garcia. He has released a new web series on his channel. This one is called About Boxing. Episode one dropped last Monday and it's available on his YouTube channel. And it's featuring a more focused and a more 
boxing serious Adrian Broner. He's been training out in Colorado, isolating himself from uh, the things that get him distracted. He looks like he's in shape. He's been posting a lot of shirtless pictures. He looks smaller, but he still look a little soft. So we'll see what how he looks in the fight against Mikey Garcia. Also, in case you missed it, light heavyweight Artur Better be is. He is having some major drama with his promoter, Jim, after his fight was called off, and he just aired it completely out on his social media, everything from attaining a visa to having the wrong visa to not getting the visa to not getting paid to being kind of blackmailed into a fight saying he wasn't going to get it unless he signed. It's a whole lot. Head over to all of his social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook. He's posted it everywhere. It's probably on Instagram, too. Carrier Pigeon. I don't know. But he mad. If you want to read it, it's very lengthy. He lays out all of what happened with this fight, so you can go check that out. Also, in the rumor mill, there was a report that surfaced this weekend that a quote-unquote pro boxer knocked out Conor McGregor. There are sites reporting that Brandon Rios is the fighter that knocked out Conor McGregor and that Mikey Garcia is the one who spilled that tea. Turn your microphones up. And listen to the video in its entirety, shot by Villainify on YouTube. He was out in camp with Mikey Garcia, and you can hear Mikey saying, boxing is small. Um, I heard he knocked out a pro boxer, and he kind of quipped, I heard it was Brandon Rios. Brandon Rios is right there in the video, and Brandon Rios goes, nah, it wasn't me, but I would knock him out. So stop reporting that Brandon Rios knocked out Conor McGregor. It was not Brandon Rios. It's a joke. Somebody knocked out Conor McGregor, I'm sure, but it wasn't Brandon Rios. Mm-mm-mm. And there is last... no gym etiquette. Somebody is leaking None. sparring information. Not cute. These people don't have no more code. Word Mm-mm. to Omar from The Wire. A man got to have a code. <laughs> so I guess the code is out the window. And lastly, and in case you missed it, news. Mike Reed, Bryant Jennings, Shakur Stevenson, Nicholas Walters, and Mike Alvarado have all been added to the Crawford and Dongle card in Lincoln, Nebraska. That is a nice, nice card of names there. Mm-hmm. And wow, I, that's a that's a cool little card right there. That's a lot of names, a lot of bang for Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln stand. Yeah, and that's they all sure I've did got. stuff that. Well, thank you, so Jay. A lot of that stuff went right over my head. So thank you for catching us up for sure. Why don't we take a quick commercial break? When we come back, I want a caller to play Know It or Blow It. It will be fun today. How about I'll even give you an extra, like, 10 seconds or whatever it is. Press 1, the number 718-508-9852. Press 1. Let's get a player when we get back, and then we will dish the word on the curb. Yes. Because the right gift can speak volumes. For home, for fragrance, for great body products, think for Alma.com. Offering you the finest products for any and every occasion you can imagine. Say you care the right way and search through our catalog of more than 800 products, from tasteful jewelry to great leather goods. So remember, when you think gifts for any occasion, think for Alma.com. Okay, do we have anybody daring to be great? We see our switchboard is lit. We're not going to call you out. But uh, do we have anybody willing to play know it or blow it? If there's any media listening, like if you're in the boxing industry, like we're cool with you playing too. You can win a free gift from forama.com. I know some people said, oh, that's not fair. We don't care. So if you are media, if you're with a promoter, if you are a manager and you're listening, 
um, press one and, and play some know it or blow it with us. Jay, do we have anybody yeah. willing to play? I'm looking at all these area codes. I'm seeing 909s and 916s and 816s and 347s and 213s and 408s. And nobody wants to press one and dare to be great. That's so lame. Everybody likes to troll us on Twitter and try to check us about our boxing knowledge, but nobody wants to play no Right. Last week, the dude hung up on us. He banged on us because he couldn't get it. We're not, I don't, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. This is supposed to be fun. Know it or blow it. Win a free gift. It's not. That's okay. It's fun. Anyway, I will just go ahead and dish the word on the curb. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. if anybody is feeling froggy, just press one, and we'll still get you in and play know it or blow it. Uh, word on yes. the curb. Deontay Wilder. He has gone like MIA in the boxing world. If you follow him on Instagram, he is very active and he's still very much in love with his girlfriend and he's doing all types of appearances and clinics and, you know, he's living a really good life right now, but you just don't know much about what he's doing with his career. So word on the curve is that Deontay Wilder will either be back in the ring on September 30th or October 14th. If it is September 30th, the venue is going to probably be up in the air. They're not quite sure where it's going to be. If it is October 14th, it will most likely be at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. I would bank on October 14th at Barclays. Word on the curb is it looks like it may be Dominic Brazil. They're really trying Mm. to get, um, what's his name, Bermaine Severn out the way. Don King is making it very difficult with the whole step-aside money and all that jazz. So he's making it a lot harder, and things are really dragging out. Deontay Wilder's not happy. Um, But anyway, word is it could very much be Dominic Brazil on either September 30th or October 14th. Bank on October 14th. Um, Some more word on the curb. Jamel Herring is it looks like he may fight. Mayweather promotion fighter Ladarius Miller on that Mayweather McGregor undercard on August 26th, or it could be on a Fox Sports 1 card that week in Vegas. So I think they're planning uh, either the night before or maybe the Tuesday before the McGregor card, Mayweather McGregor card, having a Fox Sports 1 card out there in Vegas to, you know, to kick off the festivities and all that jazz. But it looks like Jamal Herring versus Ladarius Miller. And last piece of word on the curb that I literally just got. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Oh my goodness, where did it go? Hold on, oh I gotta get it. I gotta, I gotta dig into my phone. Hold on, hold on. All right, That's here it right. is. Uh, here's some word on the curb. So Jarrett Jarrett Hurd versus Austin Trout. We told you about this fight mm-hmm. what a couple months ago, and it seems like it keeps on getting pushed back and pushed back. Well. That may also go down on September 30th. And per the IBS, I think that's like the last day that it can occur. So if Deontay Wilder does fight on September 30th, then it could be, um, that could be the co-headline is Heard versus Trout. Ooh. So that, that's the latest like that with that. Yeah, I like that kid. too. He does a lot with what with his tools. You know what I mean? Like 
he really knows how to dig in deep and get the win. And it, you know, might not be real pretty and he might not be winning the whole fight, but the point is, is that he finds a way to win. And that's the important part. You know, he does some crafty things in there. Maybe it's not very pretty or maybe he's not as like fundamentally sound as like a Lomachenko or like a Mikey Garcia, but it works for him. Like he's a rugged fighter and he does some really good things. Well, that's right. That's right. Yep. Well, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So, Jay, do we have a know-it-or-blow-it player? I think we got somebody. And it's somebody from here in L.A., 562. Let's pick up this 562. You better rep for California, too. You better rep. I'm going to try. 562, you are on with the Morning Punch and Show with R.B. and Jay. Who is this, and where are you calling from? What's up, Jay? What's up, R.B.? My name is hey. Diego. I'm calling from Paramount. Diego What's up? from Paramount. That's good. Okay. I'm a little nervous. First time. All right. Well, nervous. you know what we're going to do today? We're not going to give you uh, 10 seconds. What we're going to do is we're going to do this a little different today. We want to talk about boxers' nicknames. You know, boxers have their, their fight names that they're known for in the ring. And so I have 10 fighters' names here. And if you can get five out of 10, then you win. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the fighter's name, and then you got to tell me what their fight name is. So, for example, um, you know, Terrence Crawford, his fight name is Bud, right? right. Or, right. Um, you know, Floyd Mayweather is Money Men. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you some fighter's right. names, and then you got to tell me what their, what their ring fight name is, and I'll give you up to 10 chances, and you got to get five out of 10. Sounds good. Okay. I'm All right. right. You got this. All right. Let's start with Islandy Lara. What is his fight name? Uh, uh, you want to pass? Um, I'll pass, yeah. Okay, because I'm going to give you 10. So you could pass. As long as you get 5 out of 10, you'll win. Okay, Ruslan Ravnikov. What is his fight name? The Siberian Rocky. That's yes. right. That's one. Uh, James Kirkland. Uh... The Mandingo Warrior. Yes, that's two. Ooh, very good. Marcos Maidana. What is his fight name? Chino. That's right. That's three. Chino. Uh oh, maybe these are too easy. Maybe, okay. Mike McCallum. Throwback fighter. Mike McCallum. Oh, I I don't know that one. Okay, pass? I'll pass, yes. Okay. Uh, Mark Johnson. Another throwback fighter. Mark Johnson. I don't know that one either. Pass? All right, how many uh, yeah, is that? Pass. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's six. Um, Fernando Vargas. Uh, uh, Fidel. Yep. Okay, you got four. You got to get one more right. And let's see, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, you got, you got two more chances. You got to get one of these right, okay? Okay. Okay. Um, Guillermo Rigadal. What is Rigadal's fight name? Uh, Guillermo Rigadal. Rigo. Just I guess he goes by Rigo. Nope. Right? Nope. Um. Damn, I, I'm so mad I can't remember his or, or Lada. Uh, All right, Pat, you got one more. Yeah. Okay, James Tony. Damn, I don't know that one either. Uh, what? You don't know James 
Tony, I was giving you a layup. I know, I know. Uh, I didn't really watch him growing up, so that's why I don't know his uh, his uh, his nickname. Okay, I feel bad. I'm gonna give you one more chance because you're yeah, right give, there. Give me one, and more I, shot, one more okay. shot. One more shot. All right, one more yeah. shot. How about a Toro Gotti? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't remember. I don't. Oh, I really wanted you to win. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, man. James, I Tony, lights out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, Toro yeah. Thunder Gotti. How did you not know Thunder? Damn. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is that, uh, I. I'm I'm so mad at myself. I got to get it next week if you guys got the show. All right. All right. Well, look, thank you for calling. Thank you for playing. You almost won, um, but too short. Diego from Paramount, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you, ladies. Great show. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. I I mean, this is not appropriate to anything he played, but I just need to play it because we haven't played it in a while. I just have to find a reason to play that every once in a while. I don't know. I just have to play it sometime. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial, then we'll come back with the weekend fight schedule. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. All right, and we are back. I'm going to run through the weekend fight schedule pretty quickly. We don't have that much to do. Starting off with July 18th, as Jake Donovan mentioned during Jake's take, from Alexandria, Louisiana. That's pretty dope. Louisiana stand up. My family, maybe my family will go. Miguel Flores versus Chris Avalos for 10 rounds in the featherweight division. That'll be on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes. So make sure you tune in on July 21st from Mexico City on Telemundo. Antonio Moran versus Wilberth Lopez for 10 rounds in the lightweight division. Also from Ontario, California and broadcast on Facebook Live. So if you have Facebook, you can watch this fight. Carlos Carlson versus Isaac Zarate is headlining that event, so you can catch that on Facebook Live. If we have more information, we'll tweet about it this week because I'm not sure what promoter that is, but I'll have that for you this week. Just keep following on Twitter. From San Juan, Puerto Rico, Boricua stand up, Amanda Serrano versus Dinah Kiss for 10 rounds for Serrano's WBO Women's Junior Featherweight title. That one's not broadcast, but I mentioned it since it's a title shot in uh, Puerto Rico, Bori Bori stand up. And also on July 23rd, non-broadcast, but we mentioned it because they are title fights, Ryochi Taguchi versus Robert Barrera for the WBA Junior Flyweight title, and Jose Argumedo versus Hiroto Kiyoguchi for Argumedo's IBF Strawweight title. So that is the weekend fight schedule, and make sure you tune in, support boxing, and we'll have more information on the Facebook Live card. So keep following us, and we'll tweet it out for you. Yeah, yeah, little little light this week, but the Miguel Flores, Chris Avalos card should be good. Um, so, yeah. all right, well, I think that's it. We're going to wrap it up. Today's show is brought to you by NationwideAutoWarranties.com, ForAma.com, and TheBoxingInsider.com. Jay, great show. 
pleasure as always. Jake Donovan, thank you so much for Jake's take. We appreciate everyone for listening today. We will see you right here next Monday morning from 8 to 9 at the Morning Punch-In Show. Thank you for making us part of your day. Have a good one.